0: Okay, we're going
1: is there like a uh, uh, coyote cast like jingle that you play in the beginning or we like used a... to have yeah we used to
0: have like a full-on intro on all of our videos but no the answer is no for the audio um, that's funny <laughs> that's but cool. yeah well once I, again it's... yeah issues is on the show I don't know if you want to do an intro or not but
1: um yeah ish uh i'm I'm not sure what what was my intro last time or what do the subscriber i don't know either but um i'll just he's
0: been been on here before so go back and listen to his previous intro um, if you want to learn more about him well what are you i guess it's changed a little bit what are you doing now i'm
1: in i'm in columbus now um, I think last time we were here, I was uh, in Toledo. I mean, I'm in Toledo now, but um, just for the holidays. But um, actually, living in Columbus these days, doing my grad program in landscape architecture. Um, mm-hmm. Knowlton, it's a big concrete building with like marble on the outside. It's it's a pretty cool building if you're ever strolling through OSU. Um, and yeah, I guess that's like the biggest like update that takes up most of my time. But um,
0: yeah, that's perfect. find time that's to do things like this,
1: like you intro. know, Coyote Cast, and yeah.
0: So, um, what we're gonna do is we're gonna intro a little series that we're gonna do on this book, uh, Degenerations of Democracy. So, Ish, you actually sent this to me a couple weeks ago, and we finally bought it. But I guess I had never heard of it um, until you put it on my radar. So, where did you hear of it and kind of what was what uh drew you to wanting to read this?
1: Yeah, so um, I heard about this uh book. Um, on I mean, I don't follow a lot of people, like I have Facebook friends, but like I don't like go and look up like what people are up to. Like, not every one of my Facebook friends list is like actually you know putting worthy content, but I follow um Dr. Oamer Engem and he is. Um, He's a professor at the University of Toledo. He is the Imam Khattab chair um, for Islamic studies. And so he always posts, like, you know, articles, books people should be reading, and stuff like that. So I I try to stay up to date with him. Um, And if you know anything about Toledo, if you're passing through Toledo from the south, you'll pass by Perrysburg, and there's just like a really big, iconic, you know, big dome, like Ottoman style mosque in the middle of you know, Cornfield, Perrysburg, which is, is always interesting, but um, that mosque, uh, the imam who was there from the 50s all the way to like, I think the 2000, you know, in honor of him, a lot of the board members, they created this chair um, that now it exists at the University of Toledo to teach like Islamic studies. So in the philosophy department, if you ever go to the fourth floor of the philosophy department at Toledo, you'll see like a, you know, a Jewish chair, um, a Christian. I'm not sure if it's like what denomination of Christianity or what denomination of Judaism. Um, and you have an Islamic studies, and they're all like there in the philosophy department, and you know they do their programs and all that. So he's a really bright guy. Um, he he does translations. He translates uh, really important Islamic works into English uh, to make it accessible to um, the Sphere world. Um, but he is uh, very interested in politics and history. So, um, yeah, he posted this book. It was a really cool cover. I'm not going to lie. Like, I did judge the book by its cover um, and by its title. Um, But when I was kind of reading through it in terms of kind of what it has to potentially offer for the audience, um, it looked uh, pretty exciting. And, um, you know, this being a Harvard University Press, um, hearing from it the words of Dr. Anjum, I was like, this probably is gonna be worth uh, my time to read. So when I shot it to the group chat and I, you know, asked who would want to read it, you know, I heard back from some people and I was like, this is exciting. Um, you know, and other people seem to be pretty interested in it as well. So in addition to everything that's happening in grad school and, you know, um, we're all busy, but um, I think these are important topics. Uh, we should stay informed. Upon, um, I can keep on rolling. Cam, you got, you, you got, to, or uh, Clay, you, you got, you <laughs> got. Want me to you jump man. in? Yeah, you, you, no, got, you gotta save me, man.
0: <laughs> I think it'll be applicable too. Like, I mean, obviously, I would assume most people would say that we live in a democracy, but maybe we'll like debate that a little bit in the coming series. Um, so it's definitely applicable to anyone that would listen to this from the united states i guess yeah really anywhere there's democracies all over but um and yeah it's fun to dip our toes into politics and like um i guess just general like social topics on this show so i'm gonna go ahead and actually read the sleeve which is just kind of like the intro yeah so it goes um democracy is in trouble popular populism is a common scapegoat but not the root cause More basic are social and economic transformations eroding the foundations of democracy. Ruling elites trying to lock in their own privilege and cultural perversion, like making individualistic freedom the enemy of democracy's other crucial ideals of equality and solidarity. In Degenerations of Democracy, three of our most prominent intellectuals investigate democracy gone awry, locate our points of fracture, and suggest paths to democratic renewal. In Taylor's phrase, democracy is a process, not an end state, Um, Taylor documents creeping disempowerment of citizens, failures of inclusion, and widespread efforts to suppress democratic participation, and he calls for renewing community. Calhoun explores the impact of disruption, inequality, and transformation in democracy's social foundations. He reminds us that democracies depend on Republican constitutions as well as popular will and that solidarity and voice must be achieved at large scales as well as locally. Taylor and Calhoun together examine how ideals like meritocracy and authenticity have become problems for equality and solidarity, the need for stronger articulation of the idea of public good, and challenges of thinking big without always thinking centralization. Goncar points out that even well-designed institutions will not integrate everyone, and inequality and precarity make matters worse. He calls for democracies to be prepared for violence and disorder at their margins and to treat them with justice, not oppression. The authors call for bold action, building on projects like black lives matter and the green new deal. Policy is not enough to save democracy. It'll take movements. Okay. So that was a little long winded. I felt like I was back in elementary school being like,
1: I, I, I enjoyed it. No, I enjoyed <laughs> it. I missed those days. Honestly, those were those were the <laughs> days um
0: but anyways yeah that should be like a good um intro to what we're going to be talking about when we dig into it
1: yeah and i and i think you know for for this first uh segment um you know just as an introduction i think for anyone who's kind of listening to this and looking at the title of the podcast like why why is why is politics important um or why is it even necessary um, I, I think typically people, they hear politics and they kind of, you know, run for the hills, like, um, that's, that's a sensitive topic, um, that's, that's, where the, that's where the real problems of the world are, and, you know, it's, it's all because of politicians, um, versus looking at, you know, the reality that we need an apparatus in terms of getting things done to set goals and objectives, um, to have missions um, as, you know, as people, as humans, we need to have a system in which we can uh, determine a leader, how we can determine how resources are divided. So it's a very practical uh, question um, that we have to ask, you know, after all is said and done. Um, and uh, for us in our society that we live in, democracy is the is the tool and the apparatus that we use to kind of, um, you know, negotiate differences and um, accomplish things. So uh, when we, I mean, how the book starts off, it talks about, or the sleeve, it just very says like democracy's in trouble. Right. So when we hear that we should be thinking, okay, like when we don't have a system or we don't have an apparatus to, um, to get things done, right. Things as simple as getting your highways built to, you know, zoning, to, um, keeping your lights on, um, keeping the water flowing, Um, all these basic things that we need, um, depends on having a system of governance. Um, so, and, and I think it's cool, you know, it's, it's, you know, I I think it's going to touch, I hope it's going to touch up a little bit about the cultural wars, um, that I think have kind of crept crept into politics and rather looking at, you know, I think the core things that are essential to our survival from my perspective, you know, and I'm I'm looking for this book for some guidance is it seems like politics now is just like, oh, you know, this cultural issue or this, um, this racial or or social issue, not to say those things aren't important, there definitely are. Um, But I think it kind of removes us from the more barebone things that are essential to our survival. So, um, you know, maybe I'm wrong on that point. Um, Like I said, I'm definitely looking to learn and, and grow. But um, I think it'll be
0: interesting for me to see just like what the general mood of this book is, um, terms of, is it pessimistic? Is it optimistic on democracy? And I think it specifically is, it's mostly going to talk about the U S from what I've read in the, in the intro. Um,
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's drawing upon the black lives matter and, and green new deal, which are both American, um, you know, both are American movements and policy. So um
0: it was interesting I kind of got my background on Green New Deal while I was in Spain and like really? hearing it from the European perspective yeah
1: I I'm actually yeah. I I know very briefly like I mean I have probably like the tabloid version of what the Green New Deal is is like we're going to invest more in our infrastructure we're going to be investing in more green solutions um and this is and it has like a philosophy to it but beyond that I don't have a A robust understanding of what it is so if you you have that knowledge i think it'd be great for the
0: i actually don't because this was kind of like when the topic was in the air like before any Mm. i still don't even know if an official bill like was passed that really you could call the green new deal but yes i think the american interpretation and maybe what passed in the bill or what would be was proposed is uh Basically, like a stimulus in the way of the New Deal um, mm-hmm. during the Great Depression, but having it be focused on renewables. Um, but over there, what was in the air? Kind of, I was at a an institute for a couple months, um, and they were they were primarily focused on. Um, I have to look up what the actual name of the institute was, but primarily like environmental concerns and but they had a an economics group in there Mm. and they would host uh, some talks and like we would stop in and it was pretty interesting i think it was pretty radical from hearing it as an american because their take was almost um it was like past green new deal right it was something kind of called degrowth where basically Mm. like they wanted to make, uh, basically the end goal would be to lower GDP and by that way, lower carbon expenditures. So yeah, basically like just to completely pump the brakes on an economy. So yeah, sorry for that tangent. We got derailed a little bit there, but, uh,
1: no I think I think it's good to be honest about like where our like intellectual or political thought is um, and even a, us as a society, I think a lot of people are very impassioned about their opinions and politics um, but don't have the consciousness to realize like of how limited. I mean the interesting thing is like a lot of people don't necessarily have time to become informed about every single policy that's passed to listen to what every single politician is saying. To respond to it, whether in terms of voting or just talking to family members, or, or you know what I mean? To, you know, like, like who has time to sit around? I mean, I guess some people do have time to sit around on Facebook and just type long political, you know, spiels. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, like we, we have just. Well, some, and I but, think, yeah. You
0: know. Yeah, like that type of communication, like the importance of the press and the importance of an educated population, especially the closer you get to direct democracy is vitally important for this system to work.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I've I've been like, I'm, I'm always okay with telling people about like, you know, where I've spent my time in terms of like politics and stuff. I've, I've helped more Democrats um, in my life, and I don't think I've met truly enough Republicans, whether people are actually like Republican Party um, individuals who are like doing groundwork who have, you know, where I could have had a conversation with them or even have to approach them. Um, so me personally, it's always been, you know, uh, being with Democrats and I think it's always really interesting whenever I hear like kind of sound bites in the air about like, what are Democrats, like, what are they like? And people have like this very like far left understanding of what a Democrat is. And, um, I always find that interesting. And it's just like, no, there are like some very like conservative, like minded Democrats in the party. But those typically I don't feel like at the front stage. It's always like, you know, other. Uh, and, and I think also it's probably same true for some Republicans where you feel like it's only someone who's like totally, you know, country farmland, like, like, you can't be an urban, an urban American um, and be Republican, that you have to be, by default, by living in an urban city, you have to be a Democrat. So,
0: Yeah. I mean, I think the fringes in either party are always kind of the loudest and most seen. Um, yeah. and can be easily targeted by different groups, but I don't know. The party system is weird, too, and I, I hope that they touch on the party system because I don't know. I think that is sort of a hindrance to... What most of us would conceptualize as like inefficient democracy, yeah, <laughs> or even even having the ability to choose, right? Even if you have a democracy, how do you go about structuring what you're voting on, what topics, what candidates? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we've gone through probably the last two, at least the last two elections, where um, the vast majority of, I mean, both candidates on on both sides are largely unpopular Mm -hmm. and you hear a lot of people saying oh i'm making a choice of uh like the better of two evils or something like that so yeah but yeah we'll get into it it'll be it'll be interesting to see because democracy is one of those like topics for me that is it's such a large topic and it's like how do you how do you pull that out of economics out of um, like different forms of social interactions. How do you pull out just the democracy, the politics part when it's enmeshed in like everything? Everything,
1: yeah. yeah. And it it's it's it. That's that's such an interesting point. I really like that point because I think the vast majority of us are trying to turn a blind eye to the fact that it that that's the way it is, or maybe we're just not informed. We're like people aren't even conscious of the fact that it is. Uh, yet we and i think the reason why we talk so little about it is because there's um, i don't know i'm not sure why like why 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 is it just like whenever we talk about paul i think there's there reaches a point where people are just like i need to move forward with my life i can't always be caught up in the cycle of deciding oh who is the person who should be leading the charge who should be the person who's making the decisions and you're just like I'm, I want to focus on something else because it doesn't feel productive after a certain point.
0: And to take the other side of it, how many people use it as a form of entertainment or mm. it's fun as like a form of just entertainment or something that you can be just looking at all the time.
1: I think it's what I'm almost about- like, some people yeah. follow
0: it almost like sporting events or something.
1: Oh yeah. Wow. Yeah. They're like, Oh yeah. Like, you know, look, look at how many blue states there are, look how many red states there are. And it's like, I've I've always been like sourly disappointed. I think like whenever I've been like in a group chat or like you know in a Discord or whatever, where like you know there's a, there's a topic about politics, and usually the people who take over the chat are the people like you said who are really they see it as an entertainment and um, doesn't give you a whole lot of nuance and space to to really think through things and I don't know develop an opinion about it. Um,
0: So I think I'm going to put a cork in it here. I mean, I think we both still have yeah. a lot to say, but since we're going to try to make this into multiple parts, um, I want this just to be like a quick intro for anybody that's interested. And then, so we're going to do three parts. Um, the chapters are going to cover in part one will be the generations of democracy, contradictions and double movements and compromises with capitalism. Part two will be authenticity and meritocracy, making the demos safe for democracy, and the structure of democratic degenerations and the imperative of direct action. The final part will be the chapter, what is to be done, and then conclusions. And I don't know, we don't really have to hold exactly to that structure if we get going and something like feels like it should be in a different segment or something, but.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's exciting. I think um, we'll definitely want to put the word out and, you know, share this podcast with, with people. Um, So if they want to follow us for, I don't know, for the next few months in terms of reading this book and stay up to date with the, with the podcast, I think this is a, you know, really great book. And if you're looking to get more informed about, you know, politics and how it informs your life, you know, your family, um, your worldview, uh, I think it's a great opportunity to follow along on the Coyote cast while we, tickle the toes coyote of the cast
0: ca- <laughs> <laughs> oh you know our tagline
1: oh <laughs> uh, hell yeah i'm not just some normie subscriber i'm like i'm in there really.
0: <laughs> man that came that's like the the first thing like that's probably like where the coyote cast phrasing came from and i don't i don't even remember like how it started it was something in high school um my friends like cody and andy like the people that we like originally started doing this with, and Andy's still pretty involved. Um, but yeah, that was like our little slogan that came up. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. well said. I'm going to stop it here and see you on the next couple.